a new episode of no ride around it's the end of the year this is the last it's the final this is the last one we did that last year we can't do the final countdown again i know you can't and you know what as and we I, had it like layered into the episode and then we had to like re yeah because the, the whole song ended up in there yeah and it messed it all up so um but anyway we can't do that one and again. also uh do you listen to you listen to sirius xm no okay so i listen to it and i like alt nation it's channel 36 it's like new alternative. I dig it. Okay. But they got this, um, they got a host on there, a DJ, and uh, it's Radio Madison. Her name's Madison. And, uh, you know, she runs the sets, but she sings every, like every time <laughs> she's on air, she sings. And she's, while she may be a much better singer than I am, she also is not paid to sing. And so I don't want her singing. And every time she comes on now, I mute her when she talks. And I'm like, first off, I pay for radio, so I don't listen to the DJs. And now she's, anyhow, I'm mad at myself for actually singing that one word. That's all right. We'll let it slide this time. I'm going to slap myself right now. No, you're fine. Uh, So it's the end of the year. And uh, what a year it's been. Yeah, you know, we. (laughs) You were just putting together a list of not just like, obviously like the podiums, but like it's a list of, of bike races that you did. Yeah, events have been just. Yeah, you and I sat on the phone yesterday chatting about, you know, what we see for next year uh, with no ride around and brought up like, man, I think like most of the episodes had a version of a race recap and it was just, yeah, because it was crazy. It was, all, it was all the racing. Um, but, you know, I thought about this also. Year one, we had this really cool progression that ended in a single event. And then year two, I COVID through a thing. So we like, start a team. We have that theme. And then this year we were supposed to have Laruda, but then COVID threw a wrench in that. So we, don't, <laughs> so we haven't had like the first year was a really pretty opener and a nice buttoned up bow. Yep. And year two was a little harder to find the bow, uh, but we made a hint to Laruda. And then year three, uh, no, no bow. Like these yeah. are just open. We've taken the gifts, we've put them in a bag, and said, "Here's your gift bag." Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's try to bring this one home. Yeah, um, I think a good. Jumping off point for the for bringing it home is uh, your past weekend just now. Yeah, the last race of the year. Yep. So uh, finished off the last race of the year, dawn to dusk. Az uh, Zia rides, puts it on. It's a twelve hour race, and this is year three in a row. Be doing this. There's very few races that you do every year. Very few. Well, unless you're chasing something. A. There's not a lot of races in December. So that has a big like, feather in that <laughs> event's cap. But you're right. Doing the same event three times in a row, only because I had a gorilla on my back. Like monkeys need not apply. I had a gorilla on my back with this event. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to think that, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching the race year after year. It's just like, Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're so close. Um, so, Dawn to Dusk AZ, just to recap, 2019, I was going to do it solo, single speed. Already had a bike down in Arizona waiting for me at my dad's house. And then uh, one of my buddies ends up deciding he, that, you know, he's going to get a divorce. And so, that's a, a tough time for, for anyone. So, I invite him to be my partner. So, I moved from solo to duo, but only had a single speed. 
And that was kind of, I was like, well, I'm, I'm limited on this course a little bit. So well, let's see what we can do. And we got second place, right? I was running fast. He was running fast. The other teams were a little faster. You get second place. All right, all right. I'm going to come back next year with a geared bike. We're going to get first place. So Victor and I go back or go into it in 2020 and race hard, race fast. I put down blistering fast and we're just up and didn't get second place. Is that the race where the guys that you were racing took off in a different wave? No, that was uh, that was, that was, that was so- 12 hours Royal Gorge okay. this year with yeah, Chad. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, these have all been straight up, no, like no goofiness. Yeah, just, just the way it- How it went. It's how it's gone. And- um you know, just just not quite fast enough as a team to win the top box. And there's, you know, each each event has between 25 and 30 two-man teams. So it's a pretty big field, right? Mm-hmm. So you're competing. So this year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my best effort, and I'm going to bring the best teammate in terms of speed that I think I can find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you brought the 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 nuclear bomb. Yeah. I brought So I bring <laughs> down Elander on his brand new Super Caliber, and I'm like... We are here only to win. I hope you feel the pressure of that. <laughs> uh, so we headed down. Um, we drove together, took the van, and, and made a cool trip out of it. We got to do a fun ride on Thursday on my high school trails uh, from growing up down there. And then, uh, and then did the pre-ride of the course on Friday, and then the race was on Saturday. And I'll be honest, it's, it's a bit Groundhog Day out there, right? It's the same course. Uh, it's 16.2 miles, and it's stupid fast. Like. Our t- we averaged under an hour a lap for all 12 laps. And uh, we knew it was going to require 12 laps. We actually had these like, grand plans to do 13 laps, right? We we're like, all right, if we average 56 minutes, we could do a 13th. And you just start to get a little overconfident because, you know, the last lap's in the dark. And so it's going to be a little hard to race at that speed. So we were, we were like, oh, we'll get third very quickly. As the race unfolded, we knew we were... <laughs> Realized that that was not happening. Yeah, 12 laps. But um, we did exactly what we needed to come out and do. We, we ran sub-hour laps. We were throwing down super fast times. Um, the team that was chasing us, uh, Bicycle House, it's a bike shop in Scottsdale that sponsors this team, and they were also super fast. You know, uh, one lap, two lap, three laps in, we were only up by like four minutes, which isn't a ton of time. Um, four and a half minutes... I mean, a flat tire or a broken chain totally. crushes that. Totally. Um, we're up by six minutes at one point, and uh, we were running it one-on-one off. So Elander took the first lap. I took the second, third, fourth, back and forth, just one by one by one, which as I've covered these style of formats before, it's challenging because you're talking about an hour at threshold, right? So you're at threshold for an hour. I mean, my first lap, I watched my power meter, and it crapped out on the second lap, so I didn't have data the rest of the time, but... I was over 300 watts the whole first lap. I mean, a 16-mile-hour yeah. over 300 watts. Like, hello, new FTP, right? right. <laughs> um, so you're as hard as you can go, and then you got to shut down, eat, drink, chill, get geared back up, jacked back up, and then be ready to go right back to threshold minute one yeah. of the course. Immediately. Yeah, so 45-minute downtime really starts to shrink considerably as the day goes presses on. But you know, we get to about six laps in, and we have this like six minute lead or so. Maybe we're five laps in, six minute lead or so. And uh, I go back towards the start line, and the bicycle hoss guys are there. Now, on my previous lap, I had finished in the and hang out there, and I'm chatting with some of the vendors and whatnot, some people I know. And uh, the bicycle hoss team comes through, and and I see the guy. I have a jacket on at this point, though, 
and I see him and I just make a comment like, man, you're really riding fast out there. He doesn't know that I'm on the team in front right, of him. Right. He's like, man, we're just trying to catch that team in front, dude. Like, but usually my fast guy is the fastest guy. And like, I just can't, we can't catch him. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's competitive out there. And I just rolled back <laughs> to the pit. And you're I'm a, hanging out. You're and, a monster. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kevwich, Rob Kevwich is there with his son Link. And they ran um, the adult junior duo. I think was, that's so cool that that even exists. It's really cool. I didn't know it. I didn't know it was a thing until he was mentioning it on our Slack channel. And there were like twenty teams in mm-hmm. it. There's a lot of teams in it, um, and you could tell the top of that spectrum is probably like the coach or a parent, and then that seventeen year old, the kid who's going to go on to be a pro. Totally. And there, it's like their last event of the year. Um, a lot of you know New Mexico, um, Texas, Arizona, Utah racers, right? They, so they're still in prime form. But so. Um, Links out on course, and kudos to that kid, man. It's his first bike race, and he picks that one. And uh, not only was like, I'm here to do it, he was like pushing himself. He went nothing against that, by the way. White ribbons are sweet, but he was out there to really challenge himself. He had time goals, and he was taking it seriously. It was, it was so cool to see. Um, he met the bonk monster, which has eaten us all alive at one point or another. Um, he clawed back from that battle, that bloody, nasty battle with the bonk monster, and went out and did another lap. Um, so kudos to him, but Rob's at the pit and uh, we're chatting a bit. He goes to wait for link and he's in the transition area. And I see that he's standing as I roll up next to the bicycle hoss guy. And, uh, I was like, I'm not going to add any value to this interaction. I'm going to stay <laughs> back here. Um, and I find out, you know, Brian comes through, I take off. Um, I come through to my lap, whatever. The next time I see Rob on our chill session, he tells me the conversation with this guy on the team. And the guy on the team was like, hey, are you on the duo? And, and Rob goes, no, I, I'm on with my son. Um, he's like, man, your guys' team, we're trying to chase them down. And that's where Rob just plays mental warfare on this team. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Rob's the reason we won. See, at this point, we're about six minutes up, okay? Rob's standing next to him at the transition area. And the conversation goes something like this. Guy goes, man, we're trying to catch a team. Rob goes, yeah, that's going to be a pretty tall order. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> Well, the kid that's on course now took 12th at Leadville, won basically everything, and is probably going to be racing for America at some point in time. He's never slowing down. And then the other guy on his team is the two-time NUE champion who literally could ride for days on end and never, ever will slow down. (laughs) But, I mean, other than that, you have a really good shot. Yeah, just go for it. You'll be fine. Don't worry so about it. This poor guy You're gets set up. He gets all these details about us. Um, I went through. I finished that lap. I have to wait until they finish to find out like what our time delta is. And I look in. We went from a six minute lead to a twelve minute lead in that one lap. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't see when that happened. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, I went. Just, we went from crushed. six to twelve minute lead. You know, it took six laps or five laps or whatever five laps to create a six minute lead. And it took one lap to go from 6 to 12. And then it went from 12 to 18 to 22 to a whole lap. It was a lot. And so 12-hour uh, racing, you can start a lap as long as it's before the 11th hour, right? You can really start a lap at any point. You can't finish a lap after 12 hours. Okay. So, so if... Yeah, I mean, Brian was doing a... He did a 56-minute lap, right? Right. If you were at 11.04 and you're like, no, dude, I can do it. Yeah. I mean, you can't because it's dark and there's no right. way to run a 50. But, you know, it's up to you, right? right. But if you come in after the 12 hours, it doesn't that count. That doesn't count, so you did a lot for nothing. 
Yeah, because I was I was watching and you guys got a a, a lap up on them, and then I saw that you they had come in on their eleventh lap at like eleven oh four or eleven oh five, and y'all had come in on your eleventh lap at ten forty eight or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, well, they're definitely going for another lap. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, so we um we had an idea of setting a, an event record. We yeah. wanted to set an event record also. Like we want to be the fastest ones to not just win this race, but whoever done yeah. that race. And it's kind of a cool way to do it. And I think that's spirited from 18 hours of fruit of this year. Yeah, because our team set yeah. a course record there. Yeah, we have the event record on that. So, you know, that's like, okay, let's do that again, right? Well, I went into, I was the 12th lap then. So Brian comes through, I have my lights on. And I roll out, and uh, I, I pretty much know I've got I've got an hour and fifteen minutes mm-hmm. to finish a lap. Like I don't even really need to try. I've been doing all of these under an hour, like just barely, but you know, right but at still, an hour, whatever. Yeah. So I can do this. But it's different at night, and it's different when you know you're at this point. You know, these are going to be. I'm going to get into my 97th mile by the time we're done, right? So I'm for sure fatigued. My adrenals have been just assaulted all day goosed (laughs) every lap had a caffeine booster um so i elected to do something i never do um but i bought them for this specific purpose and i put on my aftershocks um bone conduction yeah headphones headphones right so they're not in your ear you have open ear and it's bone conduction not that loud but you can still hear the tunes and especially for night riding I'm never going to be in a trail confrontation because I'll see the lights. Right. Like if somebody yeah. comes up behind me uh-huh. or I'm coming up on somebody. So I was like, you know, this is the time to do it. So I throw it on, I throw on a playlist and I'm like, I'm going to do this. Right. I think I might've liked the music too much because my time, um, I was going up one hill and I'm like, man, this is like taking a lot longer than it's taken the previous, not five times, but the previous 18 times I've done this lap. Right. <laughs> uh, over the last three years. And, uh, so I was like, man, you got to kind of get focused. So I'm trying to push a little harder and I'm coming through the lap and I'm at mile 12. And I know this because you come around a bush and you see the little, tw- they have a marker at every mile, which is really helpful. Um, and so I come around and I know that after 12, there's this little exclamation point sign that comes up next and it says danger. Now the use of the word danger is pretty, pretty lenient here because there is not any danger on that entire course. You could do it on a, a single speed gravel bike all day, right? So I come around and I know there's one rock and it goes downhill and oh, so dangerous. And I'm making fun of it in my head as I'm listening to whatever song's playing, right? Actually, I think it was Michael Jackson's song at the time. And so um, I'm coming around and I'm like, ha ha, oh, here's the dangerous part. So I start down it. And as I start down it, I see a goblin off to my right. Um, by goblin, I mean that's anything that's irregular in your field of vision when you're not <laughs> When you're riding at night. <laughs> yeah, it could be a tree. It could be a cactus. It could be it could a be garbage nothing. can. It could be nothing. Most of the time, it's nothing. And to my right, and it's a lady who's off on the side of the trail and she's been hurt. She crashed. And there's a second lady with her and I hear her saying something about, I broke my clavicle. And I turn my face towards them just long enough to then when I turn back to my bike, I have forgotten that I'm in the only dangerous part of the entire trail. And dude, I stuff my front tire on a rock and go OTB Superman like 15 feet. And I smash into the trail, not with like a, oh, I slid out tumble, but it was if... Randy Savage himself picked me up <laughs> over his head and power slammed me into the mat. Oh, no. Oh, dude. On my helmet, uh, my ankle, my side, my shoulder, my hip. I mean, it was a car wreck, dude. 
and I hop right back up and all I do is grab my bike and I grab the rear wheel and I wiggle it in the rear triangle as if that's like the ultimate the, test. The, the big test. The, the that's big gonna test. Like... I didn't even look at the handlebars, right? I just wiggled the rear wheel and I'm like, it's good and jumped on and took off cementing my, uh, my persona in these ladies' mind's eye of being a complete psychopath. <laughs> like they just saw this dude ball it up at 20 <laughs> miles an hour. He checks his wheel and takes off. Just goes. But you do have crashing, in a, especially in a race, you have a window. Oh, to yeah. So, like, just keep going. And that's what it was. I was like, I knew when I landed, I'm like, well, I'm hurt. Because I went, it was a head first impact. Yeah. Like, I'm hurt. And so, I need the adrenaline. I need the shock yeah. to keep going. So, I jump on to keep going. And now, I'm, like, mad at the headphones. I was, like, distracted. Like, I'm trying to turn them off for the next two miles, but still riding at 20 miles an hour in the dark and twisty cactus. And I was just in a little bit of Dude. a video. So I finally come back to center. I end up somehow stopping the music and um, come through the finish line. And Brian's there and he wants to celebrate. There's video going and Rob's there and Amir's there. And, the, and all I, you know all, is you're hurt. And all I can do, well, more than that, I just hold a finger up because I want to tell Seth, the race director, all the people, hey, there's a chick with there's a, a lady, clavicle. Yeah. In so the had, dark. Yeah, in the scared, dark. Scared, probably. Yeah, totally. And I did not stop to help her because I'm trying to set an event record here. <laughs> So I put my finger up to the celebration and I tell them this and like, all right, we're sending medical and whatever. And then I was like, okay, back to the celebration. And we got to celebrate and we finished, uh, I think I had about seven or eight minutes to spare. So not a ton of time to spare, uh, but 12 laps in 1153 and no duo team has done 12 laps um, at the event. No I mean, any of the team. years that, no. I mean, it's been 11 all the years we watched. Yeah. There are all the years you've done it so far. And yeah. And I'm so sure it started in 2016 and, uh, you know, so whatever, five years in and, and no one's done 12 in the duo, man. So we had to set it and... Uh, I mean, it's going to take a hell of an effort to do 13. I mean... There, I, there, there's probably possible. a team out there, that maybe. That do it, but... So but they'll I, have to do 50-minute laps during the day. Yeah, because you need to make up for the... The night. Yeah, and I don't... You know, the, the KOM out there is 51 minutes, and that's from USAC Cactus Cup with the pro like top pro field racing it. And that's one lap. That, and it's one lap. If you don't have to, you know, that the cup of endurance, you know, if you just have to drink one one lap worth, yeah. then you can just drain that fucker. I mean, like a, our four-man team from from uh, Fruta. Fruta, we would be able to get 13 as a four-man. Right. But right. as a two-man, I don't it's know. It's different. So. The rotations are different. You can, it's just less on you. Yeah. So, we'll, um, but yeah, it was to climb on that top box, dude, the, the awards, not for nothing, the awards... The first year was a clean canteen, like travel coffee mug. <laughs> and it has the really cool logo. Like they have a great logo for this race. Uh, but the other side said second place pretty boldly. Oh, no. And so the first, I used it back in uh, 19. And I remember using it in the gym the next day during coaching. And I took a sip and I like caught like a corner eyeball of a mirror view of myself drinking out of a second place mug. And I was in like, the trash. I'm going to throw this across the room. So it went on like a shelf. And then last year they gave another drinking uh, vessel vessel and it was a flask which i don't have a use for a flask for that, personally yeah. and so i got this flask that says second place and i'm like man if they give me another cup that says second i'm i'm, I'm gonna lose my mind so fortunately we won uh this is some little metal but whatever it was more about um you know there's there's a thing to be said about performing at an event and not doing your best and then saying oh well there's another race down the line and uh not not to pat my own back here, but to stay at an event and do it year over year over year to say I I've got to get I've got to get over the hump like I've got to get past this thing I've got to accomplish my goal 
I can't just pivot and just set another goal because that's easier or simpler, right? Right. Um, I have got to stay in this fight. And I think that's one of the greatest takeaways of, of the whole experience of these last three years was I stayed in that damn race. Um, it's not an engaging track. Not the best race out I'm there. Not going, yeah, I'm not going to ride that ever for fun. Um, if I do the race ever again, I'm not even going to pre-ride the course. Like I just wait for the event. Um, but I stayed in it because I, I needed to see it to the end. And, you know, this podcast, you know, three years, and it's like a first year, and had a bow, and a second year, and well, that was weird, and a third year, and I know LaRuda, and I know we're not going anywhere. No, no, I mean, people ask me all the time what the uh, the end goal is of this, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand the question. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know what you're asking me. Um, you know, when I look at the evolution of the last three years and, uh, I was talking to a guy at the shop who I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head and I can't even really place like what his affiliation is to any of the events that we've done. Um, but he was asking me about everything with, you know, who was on the team the first year? I was like, well, the team was kind of just me and Justin. Like that was like, it was just a podcast and we wanted a Jersey for the podcast. And that was, I mean, that was the year that we were doing Breck Epic and, and Colin and Roger were on board. And so that was, they were team adjacent. Right. Um, but just the, the evolution of, of the last three years of it and starting from, the random, Hey, do you want to do the podcast to a full blown, full fledged team with some serious badasses on it? When I think about the podiums that our jerseys were, were on this year, it was a lot. It's unreal. Um, across a lot of age groups, categories. Um, we had some badass ladies on the team who got, got some podiums and, uh, like, I don't know if it gets more legit than that to me. No, like, we, what's the purpose of a bike racing team? For people to go do races and do their best. If their best is a podium, awesome. And we had a lot of that. Yeah. It, um, I look at frequency, too. Just to your point. We're at everything. Right. And we quickly went from never here before to always here to always performing. And that gives us the sort of, I'm not going to say the word clout as much as just, like you said, legitimacy full-fledged legitimacy as these like tenured teams that have been around for a long time in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, what's the end goal? There isn't an end goal. (laughs) There's a, there's goals that will change year over year. You know, we're going to have a, I, I did my, uh, my calendar for next year and I'm just doing stage races next year. Like I really want to be good at racing hard for three to six days in a row. Because I want to do, I don't want to survive LaRuda. Yeah. I want to go do well at LaRuda. Perform it, for yeah. sure. So I think it's a fantastic way to, and also you can't be strong at a stage race just being strong at endurance or just being strong at speed or just being strong at enjoying riding your bike. Like you have to be damn well-rounded, mm-hmm. right? It's, think of like the... Um, like to go back to road racing because you have such a great understanding of that historically, right? Mm-hmm. The all-arounder, 
right? The all-arounder is the one that typically gets the jersey right? yeah. at the tour. The one that wins is the all-arounder, and they're supported by the, the specialists. The specialists, right? Yeah. And I think that a stage race is the ultimate all-arounder, you know? So. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's – we're going to – this is our last episode of, of 2021, and it's been a great 2021. Um, we are looking towards 2022 with trying to as structured as all the things in our lives are surrounding bikes. You and I are terrible at structure when it comes to the podcast. Uh, so I think we're going to take a, uh, take a little time off in January. Yep. Map Uh, out the next year. We're going to map out the next year. I mean, I think it's important, especially with Don to dusk launching, you're going to be, you're going to have a travel schedule. So like right now today, it was, I think I kind of half-ass texted you. Well, we had, anyway, it was very off the cuff. Setting up today to record was very off the cuff. Um, and I think to, to bring better content um, and more of it, uh, we're going to have to introduce some structure for us. Um, and as fun as the race recaps are, we will keep with those. But if you look back to the first and second season, we had a lot more stuff based on just topics that we wanted to talk about that we could independently research, read about, think about, and then come together and have a really cool conversation. Yeah. And, and not educate just ourselves, but each other and people listening on stuff that's super interesting. Yeah. And, and just be a resource. I was telling you, like one of my favorite episodes that we ever did was the one that we did on doping in the sport. And I had a ton of fun researching it and then building a flow to the episode and we're just going to bring more of that in. And then we did talk about doing a lot of like interview stuff for this season. And we did none of that. No, well, we just got, you know, 2020 was goofy yeah. with events. And so 2021 is really was a huge coming out party as we've just gone over, I think enough for our team. And that meant a ton of events, mm-hmm. right? Um, just, I mean, I lined up at 17 start lines. That's a lot. <laughs> so like when you, whoever, if, if you're not getting coaching through one of our resources uh, or us individually, if your coach says you can only do about three or four events a year and really care about them, well, that's bullshit because you can do as many as you want. Um, but it is laborious and it is all you're going to talk about. Right. People are going to get real sick of you real fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, cool. You did a thing and you won it. Nice shirt. It's two sizes too big for you. Um <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little emotional today. <laughs> I put this shirt on and I'm like, who has a five and a half foot long torso? Because whoever that person is, I need to meet them. They need this shirt. I feel like I'm wearing like a girlfriend, like a sexy tee that she'd be like prancing around my bedroom in right now. It's like down to my hips. I guess I'll just be glad that you have your pants on. <laughs> yes, be very glad that I have my pants on. Um, I was actually, speaking of pants on, just this is a little off the sideways and I'm not going to get into 2022's events, but I did ask, have somebody ask me today, hey, if this works out the way we planned, can you do me a favor and just not pee on me? That's just one of my biggest requests. <laughs> can you not pee on me? Um, I'll leave that as a hanger if you want to try to figure out what that means on your own. But I did tell a teammate, yeah, dude, I won't pee on you. I promise. I promise. For the whole race. <laughs> That's uh I don't think it's a conversation you ever want to have. Um, It's the hard ones that make you a better person. That's fair. Um, Maybe it would be cool 
if there was just a quick recap of like two things that we each like our takeaways or learned or lessons from this season. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Um, you want to kick it off? No, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just ask me a question and you think about it a little bit? No, I just, I want you to go first. All right, fair enough. Um, so this last trip even was kind of like a real obvious, real obvious thing for me. Kind of an alarm sounded. Um, as we've talked about, we both got cool vans this year. And uh, everything in my van has a place, like exactly where it goes. And there's a way to use everything in my van that's been optimized to my liking. Nobody, a, nobody's sitting there in awe right now. No, 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 yeah. Everybody's... But I think everyone can appreciate it themselves. Like, we all yeah. have a routine and a rhythm to the yeah, things that we like to do. don't get. touch my shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you're in a smaller area, it's even more It's even important. worse, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so, on this last trip, there was a little bit of a communication uh, blundering done, probably on my part, to be honest with you. And it wasn't until Brian asked me, hey, dude, do you mind if I bring, I'm bringing two bikes. Is that cool? That's when it dawned upon me, oh, like he's riding with me to Arizona, which obviously would make sense, right? We have like, whatever, 900 miles or something to drive or whatever it is, you know? There's no reason to take two vehicles. 25 hours round trip of driving to take two vehicles at the same time would be absurd, even though he camps in his vehicle just like I do in my van. And, uh, you know, I had a moment before I responded where I was like, oh, that's what just happened. And uh, my first reaction was, I don't, want, I don't want him to come with me. Nothing against him. He's a great dude. Nothing against the logistics of it. It makes more sense. But I just wasn't really ready to have my tiny little bubble occupied by somebody else. And the greatest thing I've learned this season is that as much as the race itself is just about you, it truly does take a village and sharing that as a person who's done a ton of races, I have a lot of experience. I've had some successes and I've had things that haven't worked that were also like in hindsight successes because you learned, right? Um, sharing those, not necessarily in a mentorship role. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm not Gandhi. I'm not a Buddha. I'm not like the shaman, but just sharing that space more intimately than I want to has been the greatest part of this year. I have had in years past people come into my bubble and I'm just focused on me and I'm and I snap and I'm like a dick. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. This year I really learned to embrace people being right there in the fight alongside me and not letting it detract from my own experience and my own like concentration, but realizing that I have the opportunity, I have the I have the the great luxury to share that. Um and it's always been better when I've shared it. Even if it feels a little like antagonizing <laughs> at the moment. It's hard. It's uh, always <laughs> been better. And, and I laugh because even as I'm, I'm telling this story about just this last weekend, we finished the drive yesterday and Brian pops into the front seat and he's got fucking Cheez-Its again. Like this kid and Cheez-Its <laughs> are, it's uncanny the amount of Cheez-Its this man eats. And um, at the beginning of the season, we went down to Frog Hollow and uh, actually we went down to True Grit and he was in my car that time as well. We were coming back from True Grit, and I don't know if, if you guys want to go back to the episode, you can listen from April or March, but uh, he got a box of cheeses in my back seat, and I was like losing my fucking mind. <laughs> like losing my mind. And yesterday, he jumps into the front seat, and he's got his cheeses. It's like, kid, and I just look what at are him, we doing? No, I just smile, <laughs> and, I, and I look at him, and I'm like, man, you fucking love Cheez-Its. 
And that, that's my year. That's my takeaway. Like in March, it was, I, I, I was, I was behind my eyes, like exploding. And yesterday I just kind of chuckled and I was like, you and those fucking Cheez-Its. And I learned he actually sleeps with a box of Cheez-Its no, next doesn't. to his bed. He I, does not. Okay. Listen, I'm calling you out, Brian. Sorry. You tell me shit in confidence and I put it on the interwebs. Okay. He sleeps with a box of Cheez-Its and with a box of Special K, both on his nightstand at all times of the year, because sometimes the Cheez-It, that's what he needs. And sometimes it's just the Special K. Both are dry and eaten out of the box. But why, like... Sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's salty, but it's always I, no, crunchy. I get the snacks, but it's why on the bed, Like why on the bedside table? Like... Is it like a 3 a.m. snack? I mean, I asked him, I go, do you wake up in the middle of the night and eat whatever your mouth wants? And he goes, yeah, I do sometimes. I okay. just think, Harley, I, you, you I, haven't been 19 for a lot of years. It's true. So you... <laughs> well, you got to bring up old shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since you've made a decision as a 19-year-old. <sighs> and so that's the answer to your question. Yeah. But that's my greatest takeaway was um, it's, it's not easy... Um, opening up always. It's not easy sharing. It's not easy um, being a community, even though it feels damn good to have it. And we preach about it all the time with our businesses and, and whatnot. But uh, it's, both a res- it's both a luxury to have one, but it's also a responsibility. And it requires growth, I think, to, uh, to support that. And that's what I learned the most this year. Um, I had all this. I mean, I had what is arguably called a perfect season. Mm. Um, I had all the success in the world and in all those wins are second to having been able to share them with, with people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Some of the greatest events for me this year were the ones where it was a house full of racers that were all our group. Yeah. S- super. And I, I didn't really want to say that cause it's, it's I was like, I think of my character, my character's like, I win. Yeah. Rah, do it. And, uh, and that's not the takeaway. Wasn't that good? Sorry, that's mine. Yeah, I just have one because it's okay. pretty big. I have two, and it's come from a lot of uh, introspection about just some 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 of the realities about this year for me. Um, I have a real short one, and it was the like a a be in the moment lesson, and it all circles back back around to my. Personal, like, I don't count Firecracker as a failure by any means, but I, I didn't perform the way that I wanted to perform um, because I was distracted. I was, I was not thinking about that race. And then you fast forward a week, and I had an amazing silver rush. And it was because I took that and was like, no, just the trail in front of you, the pedal stroke under your foot, like, just be there. So that's a, that was a big one, but it wasn't like, revelatory like everybody you just focus on the shit you're doing right like yeah. it's not the end of the world um but it's uh, hard to execute sometimes it is <laughs> it is um i think the biggest one for me probably is there's a line i think it's in fight club sticking feathers up your butt does not make you a chicken <laughs> i don't know if i remember that part of the movie <laughs> um and i have spent six years racing bikes and I don't think I've ever let myself truly, truly, truly commit to being a bike racer. 60% in, 70% in doing just enough to not just enough. I mean, I did 
4,000 miles this year, which is more than I've ever done. I did a lot of really good quality rides, a lot of really good quality work. Um, but that's just a piece of it. Right. Um, and so carrying forward to next year and looking at all the success, our team as individuals had, I I want a piece of that. Like, uh, and it's, it's been a little bit of a tough pill to swallow to be a team captain and to not do as well as I think I'm capable of doing. Um, and so my big lesson this year is you're not a bike racer because you put on a race kit for a team and buy a light bike and train X. Like the, the meaning of being a bike racer is bigger than a couple of little things. Um, and it all, this all, a lot of this came around for full circle for me. Uh, I saw a silly internet meme that was just like, fuck, <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> what was uh, the meme? It was just like, you're not a life, you're not an athlete, you're a lifestyle athlete. Um, and I'm never going to get paid to, to ride or race my bike, but I can do it at a higher level than what I'm doing. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not young, I'm not 19. Uh, but I'm not old either. And, um, there's a lot more potential out there for me than I've tapped into. Um, and I think it's come from being a lifestyle athlete. It's fun to talk about being a bike racer and wear your race shirt and have your belt buckle. Um, but yeah, the big takeaway for me this year was that there's more to me as an athlete for 2022. Um, and I want to grab that. Oh man. I wish I you see this silly little weird <laughs> smile on my face, right? Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, what does this mean? No. Um, I wish that people listening could could feel the, the, the way I feel right now about you saying that. Because we're just going to pull the curtain back. Um, you know, I had a great fear that there was a potential that you went the other direction. Like it, I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying? it could happen and not for nothing. I mean, honestly, uh, it's because again, just referencing the entirety of the season, it's been one of those things. It's like, well, am I better suited? How can I stand out on the team as an important member? Um, and it's not to say that anything that I contributed right now is unimportant. Um, but there have, there had been moments where, I was like, well, do I, do I position myself more in a support role? I'm a great bike mechanic. So uh, can I serve the team at a high level? Cause you know, I want to exist at a high level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what can I do? What's in my skill set to do at a high level? Well, I've done a ton of racing, win, lose, draw DNF, whatever. Like I've done a lot of it. Right. Um, so I've got a lot of experience. I can, so they often say the best uh, support staff are the ones who have raced, right? And so like I even went to that spot where it's like, am I going to stop racing? Absolutely not. But am I going to chase a high level of performance when I could potentially support at a high level? Right. Fixing bikes, you know, whatever the case is. Like, can I be a better asset to the team as a support role? Um. And I, I, I was like, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> no, so, I mean, like I did have yeah. that conversation no, yeah. with myself about potentially going not the other way necessarily, but just being like, yeah, like uh, 
I race for fun, yeah. not necessarily to to perform. That's why I meant by the other way. Because once once it goes to I race for fun, which is totally cool. Yeah. Like plenty of people do it and should do it. There's people that don't race at all that should at least just race for fun. But once you go there, that's a that's a switch, right? That's a, an immediate switch where you go you you remove um, the significance of the performance from the race. You're gonna by hap- you're gonna remove the significance of the training and the prep and the focus. You know what I mean? So it's a switch, and it just taint changes the whole dynamic. And um, like I'm like smitten, excited jubilant, fulfilled, whatever, I don't know, all the positive feelings to hear that from you that you know, like there's more in me and that's what I'm going to do. Um, I don't even care what that means. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that I was, was just, that's awesome. I was thinking about the, the, I'm a little happy that LaRuda got canceled in that I was going to spend a ton of money and time and energy to go survive another event. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have. But like, how much better is it to to do well at it? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't even know. I built out my calendar today. And part of it is looking at like, I, I set up uh, three stage races. Um, and one of them, you know, it's like, what are your, the, each day, hey, is that day going to be 10 hours or is it going to be eight hours? going to be nine hours. Like, what is it going to be? And you know, I don't, I don't want to be looking at worst case scenarios. I want to be looking at best case scenarios and training for that. Yeah. Hey, I should be averaging 10 miles an hour, period. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. Yep. So it's going to take me this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, buts. no, but what it fucking yeah. is. Yeah. But this one's 800 feet more climbing than average, like hundred per mile. Doesn't matter. It's 10 miles an hour. That's what I ride. Yeah. That's, you know, like that attitude. Mm-hmm. That's the racer, right? Like the survivor, goes, well, you know, it's 10 to 16 hours. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, so what's the cutoff? And that's yeah. the worst question to ask, totally. right? Like never I, ask, if you're asking the cutoff question, again, you're racing it just for fun. That's right. fine. Right. So yeah, I want to get away from the being the, the, what's the cutoff racer. Yeah. You know, God, so. freaking that's, that speaks volumes. Thanks right? man. It's freaking awesome. So I love that shit. Well, that was a little touchy, more touchy feely than I think we expected, but. Well, you know, um, you know, I finished up, uh, I'm reading through this, this chunk right now, some development stuff and, um, Hugh and I were, we're talking about it also. And the, the idea of like vulnerability in this piece I was just talking about or reading about really talked about the correlation of vulnerability and shame in that, um, people have to address their shame first. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you harbor any shame or. That, that I do, but like sometimes what we see when we don't like rise up to our own standards is that we then start to associate some shame to it. And shame's like a very dark and singular, it's a selfish emotion in, in space to be in. Mm-hmm. And so if you're feeling, or if I'm feeling, if anyone's feeling shame about a performance or whatever, like it's just you feeling that. No one's like, no one is placing no. that on you. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so um, my point behind this is, Sometimes we have to face some of that like gremlin goblin shit mm-hmm. and go, okay, well, no, I'm not shame. No, it's not shame. Okay. So then what is it? Well, it's just that it's that I, I want more cause I know there's more. And then that's when you start to open up. Right. And you're like, well, freaking now, 
now what can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all systems are alight. And, you know, for me to share, share these events with other people, that's a huge amount of opening up that I just didn't think I was capable of doing. Right. And once you're capable to, of doing it, once I'm capable of doing it, like, well, now what else can I do? Mm-hmm. And already good things are flooding in sponsorship stuff for next year, things like that, that only come from like opening up a little bit versus just being like my own little angry Eminem <laughs> at the campground with headphones on. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, the picture of the racer in, in full concentration mode. Totally. Like, yeah. The last, uh, not to harbor on that event, but I mean, it's just most recent Tostado came in and he won the men's open solo. So he did, uh, 11 laps and like, 10.54, or no, it was like 11 laps, like 11.16, or something along those lines. I don't know. Uh, 10 laps. It was a, He rode 166 miles <laughs> and, uh, in like 11 hours. And um, he got done. And he's Johnny Be Cool, man. The guy's, he's cool as a cucumber. He just that comes from years of just being a seasoned pro winning. Mm-hmm. He also stayed at the venue and we were still texting at like 11.45. I'm going to bed and I'm back at Amir's Airbnb after soaking in the hot tub, you know? Nice. He's still at the fire throwing back beers with the race director and all the volunteers. Yeah. Like, he is the, like... He's the consummate Consummate pro. pro. Like, right. I came, I won your event, I, I you know, lived up to my pro status. Yep. I'm yeah. the dude. Shaking hands, kissing babies. And we're going to hang out and have fun until yeah. the sun comes up. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. I was, I was like, you, Justin, you can be better. That's what, that's what, <laughs> you can do better. You can do better. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I do want to take, uh, a moment to just acknowledge and appreciate and say a thanks to all the people who do make up the community of writers and listeners. And like our listenership hasn't really increased a ton in the last 24 months. Um, but the people that do listen seem to listen consistently and the people who, so that to me makes them just as much an extension of the race team and the local community of people as anybody else. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, it's always, uh, it, it happens a little bit cause I have a store that people come to, but people are like, Oh yeah, I listen to your podcast. I recognize your voice. Like that kind of shit. Just like I blush like in a cartoon. Um, and it's just fun and cool. And, uh, just super appreciative of it. Yeah, man. This uh, hell, if no one was listening to this, it'd just be you and I talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> which we still managed to do for an hour before we started recording, anyway. <laughs> uh, so so uh, we'll see you guys back around February. Who knows? We might get impatient and come out sooner than that. But um, looking forward to another great season. We'll have uh, new goals for next year. Hopefully a new thread to carry us through. Damn bow. We're going to have a bow. We're gonna get a bow. We're getting get a bow. A bow. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just excited for what, uh, what 22 has to bring. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks, y'all. Go, we! You're not done! So get the fuck out! Go, we! You're not done! So get the fuck out! Go, we! You're done! So get the fuck out!